The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find paralyzing. Paralyzing with fear? I don't know why you'd be scared of it. Paralyzed with anger? No, paralyzed from the, the waist down. Paralyzed with inspiration? No, no, paralyzed from the neck down. You just upgraded it. <laughs> Paralyzed from the eyes down. From the eyes down? Wow. You can only move your hair. Only you move your hair? Not a lot of people can do that willingly anyway. You can only move your eyebrows. I mean, that sounds like someone you should have pitched last week for the superhero. What eyebrow, man? Yeah. What were they calling? I have an eyebrow. The browser. <laughs> there you go. Already, already another contender <laughs> for the, uh, I don't know, the... I was trying to think of something like the Injustice League or something like that. Nah, it's shite. Roll the fucking credits. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Team Cleaves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. From the heights of Seesaw Towers, we bring you another fun, factual, and inspirational episode of Seesaw. Warning, may not be either. It might not be. (laughs) Maybe this is what you should have put at the beginning of every episode, that we might not be educational, we might not be knowledgeable, and we might not be funny. Or factual. I mean, Google does our facts for us. No, it doesn't, because we we never consult Google. We just talk shit and hope that it's right. That's true, and whenever we do use Google, it's just a piss take. On stupid shit. Fuck Google. How's things? What have you been up to? Standard affair, really. Work as always, settling into the new house. So, nothing really interesting on my side of things, but how about you? Also nothing. You've done stuff. What? It means you're getting the house in order, aren't you? Mm. It's not podcast worthy. Although, depending on the timing, I might keep it in. There you go. But you know what some people would say, Cleves? Considering how proactive you've been recently, you're truly an inspiration. No one would say that. I think some people would. And they're full of shit. I mean, not specifically about you or what you're doing, but more than the fact that inspiration is a word I can't stand. Also, how have I been proactive? In doing what? You had electricians over. It's not really proactive. Proactive would have been getting that done before I moved into the house. But... You so like really, this. it's retroactive. Yeah, but you like this house. But I could have got some money off if I knew how bad it was. Well, it should be fine. You're getting stuff done. But anyway, let's go back to the point. Have you ever been called inspirational? No. Well, it must just be me then. I must. Oh, of course, yeah. It must, it must just be, be yeah. yeah. So inspiring. It must just be my stupid, like my stupid levels of being. No, uh, stupid was right. Go on. Yeah. Well, I have been called inspirational in the past because I am a normally like a normal functioning person with a disability. What makes that inspiring? Ask them. 
they said I was inspiring because I don't sit on my ass and just like fondle my nuts all day. What are you doing right now? I'm not fondling my nuts. <laughs> but I am sitting on my ass. The nut fondling comes later. Potentially. <laughs> I assume you make that noise as well. How else are people going to know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't like the word inspirational. The reason being is when you're disabled, I think you are inspirational. Like It depends what people's perceptions are. Like you're either like what we're going to move on to as our topic, like a really sort of like incredible athlete or something like that. Or you're inspiring for just doing the very basics of things. Because, like, unfortunately, you only ever hear about, like, the one disabled people sit on their ass and do nothing and have, like, the bad reputation. Or the ones that are breaking world records, like, being in the middle. The only time that I've ever really been, I don't want the acknowledgement, but people acknowledge what I've done and how successful I am and sort of said, I've been said, like, it's an inspiration that you have a job. No, it's not. It's just living my life. If you feel so little, of disabled people that that's something as an accomplishment, then maybe other disabled people got to be working a bit harder. Maybe you're doing them injustice because someone that's disabled that uh, struggling to get a job, to know that people out there, that me and you have one, and we can make successes of our career, maybe that is inspiring. I genuinely think, I don't want to harp on like the whole like disabled people working, we've got two fucking episodes on it, but... I think laziness is a big contributor, and we've already been over it. It's so easy to not have a job when you're disabled. And I, I think there's, there's not really any excuse. Like, get out and get a job. Like, stop being a bum. <laughs> it's usually me that says that. I, uh, I'm just salty. I'm just salty at the moment. But it just it pisses me off Like when I see on Facebook and stuff like that, and it's just... Uh, I only know from the blind community's perspective, but, like... There's you see Facebook groups that I'm in and stuff like that, just for sharing ideas and like accessibility hacks and tricks and to shamelessly plug the podcast as well. But then they're like, "Oh, I'm blind. Life sucks. I can't do anything." Blah blah blah. And I'm just thinking, get a job, get a life. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like there's no reason for a lot of these people to just not be doing anything. Like they just use it as a crutch. Like a crutch. And if you're blind, you don't need crutches. Some people might. Some people might, but yeah. They've maybe, got cerebral palsy and blindness. Maybe those are the people. Even then, I'm sure that someone who's got CP and is blind could still find a job. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's sitting in a chair, you know, at a computer with narration software. You can do that job. At the moment, I'm currently looking for other jobs, and at no point am I like, oh, I can't go for that job because I'm blind. And even though my place at the moment is really good with accessible tech, as long as I have a screen and not a version of Windows that's more than 10 years old, I can work around things. It's not a big deal. You're truly inspiring, man. You've inspired (laughs) me to want to go out there and work harder at my job. You're a condescending fuck. You're such a condescending fuck. (laughs) <laughs> but I think you get what I mean though I get what you mean yeah like just because I'm living my life and you're living your life like you've bought a house and you work hard but some people say you're inspiring no because one says like, I'm oh, inspiring 
if they've met me, they would not say I was inspiring. They'd probably use the word prick or douche or cunt, but not inspiring. Yeah, but if this was the first time they met you... If I was on my best behaviour, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Only have one well, one glass of sherbet, you'd be right. So shall we talk about people who I would say some of them are inspiring. I'm going to say some, and we'll get on to some criticisms as well. Uh, Paralympians. So we... Wait for that. That's the train. That is the train. Recently watched a panorama on the BBC, should be on the iPlayer, about fairness for Paralympians. And it was mostly about classification, but kind of in general it was about how there's a lot of corruption. It was narrated by someone that was disabled as well. He was Welsh. Yes, he was Welsh. I know you're taking a jab at the Welsh. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if we should necessarily be doing that. I've just alienated all of our Facebook like community. Why are they all Welsh? Some of them will be. They really don't want to have anything to do with us now. Do you want to give an overview about what this this documentary was about? It was about disabled people that go to the Paralympics and they're in one classification and then they get reclassified and either they're too good for the classification that they're in or they've been sort of, I would say deliberately put there. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm going to say deliberately put there by their coaches or they deliberately get reclassified just to win in like easier classifications if you isn't easy is not the word is it like they get like people that aren't that disabled get put in more disabled classifications just so they can win and bring home the gold yeah i think i think one example is like they they use a lot of like different systems different classification classifications that i'm used to but i think one of the examples was there's a specific like class for cerebral palsy for like athletics but then they broadened the classification to the point where it wasn't, it was just for people who might have some debilitation to a limb. And what ended up happening is you would have people who didn't really have that severe conditions compared to someone with cerebral palsy, but they were immediately like in this 200 meter sprint with people who are quite severely disabled because of their, because of their CP. And it was to get more medals. Essentially, well, that mm, that's broadening the classification, isn't it? That's open to everyone. Yeah, but it also made it less competitive within like that sort of. Yeah, class. but it still gives people an equal chance from every country to to submit people that are not as disabled. But should they be competing in the the group of people who are more disabled than them? No, they shouldn't. But then they, you know. Everyone has the opportunity, doesn't? Don't they? Like, what I mean is, it's still it's still a level playing field in that respect because anyone from any country can submit someone that's less disabled. That's true. I'm not going to deny that, but wait for that train as well. There's a lot to know. Yeah. In terms of the people that were already in that classification, that were, let's say, at a certain what do you call it, disabled rate, disabled classification, and then to bring in people that are less disabled, kind of devalues that class, doesn't it? 100%. I, I totally agree. I think it's it's a tricky one because like you said, like broadening it I think is a good thing. But I think it's also one of those situations where 
the system needs to be changed, not adapted in the way it has been. Like it seems like there's a historical system that's there using like the you a T forty two or a T fifty or a T twenty five or something like that, and the lower the number, the more disabled you are, or at least that's what they sort of say. That's roughly how it works, not exclusively, but it's roughly how it does work. But instead of sort of what they've done, they've taken the current system and to make it more inclusive. They just sort of force that system to be able to take on a wider range of conditions. Yeah. Instead of just changing the system altogether. Because like let's say you're a T like a T forty and like there might be loads of really capable people in that class and you might be a bit too disabled for that. But you also might be too capable for the T thirty nines, who is a next stage down which there should be like a 39.5 or something like that. Right, so basically they're saying even more classes don't widen the classes that are already there. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. It's it's still quite hard to gauge though, isn't it? It is. And the problem is it's open to manipulation as well. That's the problem. Like we we saw in the documentary that athletes would go to specific doctors and assessment centres because they would be a bit more obligating of things and you're always going to have like variations based on like different doctors and specialists because like they they all have their different perceptions of how severe disability is and some will be a bit more lenient or gullible should we say uh example of this when i used to play cricket I had to, to have a classification done, um, a different sort of classification, but it was for domestic cricket. And you have, uh, at the time, it was B1, B2, B3, B4. B1, totally blind. B2 is severely sight impaired, so you can see lights, shapes, that sort of thing. B3 is, you're quite sight impaired, like you can't drive a car, for example. In certain circumstances, you really won't have a lot of sight. But in general, you're sort of okay. And then B4 can be... There are some B4s who can drive. They have enough sight to be able to drive. So the problem with this system is you can get classified by any optometrist in the country. Not your specialist doctor, or not a specialist centre, but just any old optometrist. I need to be classified, and my doctor is in London. I want to go to London to play domestic cricket to get a bit of paper signed. So I went to the local Specsavers, I think it was. Spoke to the optometrist. He had no idea what my condition was, had no idea about the scope of it. At the end, I was like, look, this is all you need to know. He just signed the paper. I'm a B2. And I wasn't lying. I am a B2. But what was stopping me from getting to sign up as a B1? Big one. That was a big train. But what was stopping me becoming a B1? Your integrity. That's what makes you inspiring. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> That's what makes me look up to you. Your damn right integrity. Your, your commitment to the cause. The truth and honesty that you emit to everyone around you. My book will be on sale at the end of the month. It's putting the I into VI, virtually inspiring, that is. 
But no, I, the, the problem with with my experience was I could have lied. Like there was no tests. I could have completely. I you played cricket. I'm sure you had loads. <laughs> Fuck's sake. But it was very manip- you could manipulate a lot, and I know at the international level that it's more strict. But at the same time, because you might not have a specialist on your needs, like you just you're not going to have a doctor for every single medical condition, are you? Not close to you. But I mean, like, I had these assessment centres for like Paralympics. Yeah, but they send them all over the world to get assessed. But that was the thing, like, some, some athletes were being sent by, like, uh, Sport England and all of these, like, places to get classified in, like, Romania. Yeah, because they're a bit more lenient. Exactly. So you could be put in an easier class and win more medals. Bring home that sweet medal money. There's medal bonuses. And that's the thing. Advertising. Money. There's money to be made in medals. And this was also on the documentary. That when the 2012 Olympics and Paralympics happened here in the UK, it was all about the medals. And how do you get medals? Well, you make the competition easier for yourself. If that means you classify someone who should be a T20 into a T18, you do it. And we did really well. I'm not saying that these people aren't fantastic what they do and they're not phenomenal athletes. I'm not saying that at all. You've got to work really hard to become an Olympian or a world-class athlete. But... It always helps if you're in a category which is a little bit easier. They did have that one person that was the opposite, though, weren't they, where um, she got categorised and she was categorised for not being disabled enough to enter the Paralympics. Yes. And she did like, have quite a severe condition. Yeah. But it was a fluctuating one. So it was the case that she it didn't affect her all the time. And so she didn't get, she didn't get classified, which was a shame uh, because she probably would have been really good for the GB team. But then she was also used as a threat to other runners because before she was like not classified, other athletes were like told, do better, we have someone to replace you, which never happened in the end, but like it was a bit sort of doggy dog, I suppose. But then they had another example of someone who was reclassified and he won like the 400 metres because the class that he was put in by like 100 metres. Yeah. And he said it was a joke. He was put in like four classes below the previous what he was, wasn't he? So Yeah. It wasn't even just a one-class move. And his complaint was that he didn't really feel, feel like he earned the medals. Like he wanted to be in the class he was before because it was more competitive. He wanted to win competitively. But he said that when you win by 100 metres in a 400-metre race... It's not really the point of the the Paralympics, really. Tell that to Lewis Hamilton's career. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Well, his brother isn't too good. I don't know what his brother has. I think that might be cerebral palsy. Yeah, I think he does have cerebral palsy. Mm. Also, a lot of money. Yeah. A lot more than me. Give us that money, Mr. Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton. Hey, now I can tweet at Hamilton. Yeah. There you go. Not that Hamilton, not the musical. I mean, to be fair, Hamilton still beats his teammate on the reg, so you can't really... Yeah, but you said that Bottas is a bit shit. He's had more than one teammate. I, I guess. I don't, I don't know F1. He's won more than a third of the races he's been in. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I guess. 
He holds every single record now, pretty much. Yeah, but not for being a bad boy of the disabled podcast world. No. He doesn't hold that title. Frankly, we gave it to ourselves. <laughs> hey. To make ourselves feel better that the numbers are so low. <laughs> <laughs> They're only low because we're not controversial enough. I don't know. I think we've been pretty controversial in some episodes. I think maybe that might be the issue, the alienation. Yeah. <laughs> the alienation level. So many trains tonight. Oh, it's busy, isn't it? Yeah. So that's classification. But is it too easy to be a disabled athlete? I don't think it is that easy to be a disabled athlete because you still have to actually have the physical drive to go out there and get good at something, even within that category. And whether you're disabled or not, you still have to be the best at what you do, even within a category. And I'm going to say that 80 to 90% of people just don't have that drive. I would agree. I'm not going out there and being the best VI runner. No, that's true. Because I can't be fucked. I think there is a certain degree of that and having that person in your ear, family, friend, or whatever be the case, give you that little bit of a push. I don't know, man. I think it's on you. I think I think if you want to go out and do that, you have to have the drive to, to want it. You've got to want it. Yeah, that's true. But I also think that... Okay, this is controversial... I think that if you are not as bad, sort of like, if you're quite, I'll use myself as a, an example. Even though I'm a B2, I'm quite a high functioning B2. Like there's, I know there's some B2s out there who are a lot worse off than I am, but they're not, they're not B1s. So I think depending on how bad your condition affects you and how much you let it bother you can really go in your favor to the point where there are some sports where they just don't have the numbers. And I think sometimes it's better to have that person with the confidence and be the best of that classification because it's so up to interpretation sometimes that you can kind of make them an athlete. Hmm. So when I was playing cricket, I went to England cricket camps. I was mediocre at best at cricket, but the reason I was chosen to go to camps was because I'm a high-functioning B2, and that's what the team needed. That's what they needed to come through the ranks for the future. They didn't need their superstar players, like their B4s. They well, this is what you're those. saying, though, isn't it? Like, putting the most abled people in those categories. Yes, and I think that's what it was, because all the other B2s that I was around at the time weren't as high-functioning as me. Like, they were just sort of like, they had to be taken to the training, and they weren't as good. They had to be helped to the wicket and things like that. And my attitude was, no, I'll get on with it. Like, I'm just going to get on with it, and I I can look like I, I'm not as bad as I actually am. By that logic, you should get yourself reclassified as B1 and then do real well. Everyone will want you. There, there's, there's controversy that comes with that. There are some B1s that are, people believe they're not B1s, let's put it that way. Is it quite easy to manipulate them? I could have asked to be a B1 on that form. Lack of knowledge, then, in that case, from the professionals. 100%. 100%. I could have... Like, and that's just domestically. I know internationally it would have been a bit stricter. 
Um, but I still would have been a B2. I didn't lie about, about my capabilities on my form. When I, if I'd gone to the international classification, then I would have been a B2 because that's just how it works. Because I wasn't trying to lie or manipulate. But on the domestic game, yeah, there's, there's manipulation there. There's a little bit of weird shit that happens. But this wasn't the only international offer I've had in my life. When I was at college, I was asked if I would be interested in training to be a GB cyclist. Were you good at cycling at the time? Nope. I liked the exercise bike in the gym. How blind cycling work? Ah, uh, your tandem bikes. But, again, it comes down to your classification. Because if I got classified as a B1, which I could have done, I have an advantage over other B1s because I actually have more sight than a lot of them. Surely it's relevant in cycling, if someone's steering the bike for you. I'm not sure. Maybe if you want to be able to see them lean and that sort of thing. I wouldn't say it's a disadvantage, but that was offered to me because I was in fairly good shape and I was a bit more outgoing. And I maybe the perception was that I wanted it or I, I was willing to put in the work. And I'm not going to say that it's easy to become an athlete. I'm not going to say that because it's fucking tough. I know the sort of training that you go through. But dare I say, if I really pushed myself like to really get good at judo, could I potentially compete at international level? Potentially. Like within my class, potentially. I, I know a lot of like visually impaired and blind athletes who are on the world stage, pretty mediocre. Like, if you look at... Like, <laughs> wow. No, I'm being honest. Like, if you look at their actual abilities, they're pretty mediocre. But because there's less disabled people out there, you're pulling from a, like, a lot fewer people for the international stage. I get what you're saying, yeah. So the standard is less in some cases. Of course, you've got the other side of it, um, which I want to get your thoughts on. I don't think there are some conditions that really should be Paralympic sports. Such as? If you run on blades, I don't think it's a Paralympic sport. I don't think there should be like... Why? Because you've got magic legs. I think it's easier if you're below knee amputee for you to run than someone who actually has full capabilities. <laughs> How have you come up with that? Less lactic acid build up in the legs. Right. It, okay. I've got to use it and as an example. they're running e- without feet, aren't they? Yeah, I, I'm going to use it as an example. And I'm not condoning who or what he has done. Mo Farah. <laughs> <laughs> Love Mo. He's always advocating that McDonald's. You know, the M. Sure. He always does the arches. Oscar Pistorius. He, during his Olympic or Paralympic time, he was always frustrated that he wasn't able to run against able-bodied people. Because he was very fast, competitively fast. He, I don't think he would have gotten a gold medal in sort of like the, the standard Olympics. But I think his point along the lines was that he was better than the bottom half of those who had qualified for like the 100 and 200 metres. And he was faster than them. Put him in a different category then. Put him in a tougher category. I think he was in one of the toughest categories. Again, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But the, the, would it have been unfair to put him in that group because he would not have the lactic acid or anything like that in his calf muscles because of his condition? Because he was very fast. Even with, even for a man who ran on blades, he was Olympic speed fast, like ridiculously so. Well, why don't you just give him the choice and if the other athletes agree, then do it. 
I think other athletes didn't want to do that because of like the whole lactic acid and he doesn't have as much muscles to use and stuff like that. And there's less of a fail point for him and athletes like that. This, this is just an example. Like, this is just an example. Like, I think that in some instances, I, I think if you wanted to compete at that higher level, well, I say higher level, but within like the able-bodied Olympics, I think he should have been allowed to, 100%. But again, it comes down to how he was classified. I don't know how he was classified. But if he's that good, should he really be in the Paralympics as well? I mean, he does have no legs. But if he's competitive to an Olympic standard... Yeah, give him the choice. Does that not make it unfair for the Paralympians? Who might not be as capable as him on blades. The thing is, you can't make it right for everyone, can you? There's a limitation to the classifications. So you just got to try and make do the best with what you can. That is true. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, going back to that documentary, one of the things that was said at the end, a lot of the, the Paralympians agreed that the system needs to be changed. But they were all also an agreement that they don't want to be the one to even open that can of worms because it would be such a difficult and complicated job that it's just an unenviable task. I don't know. I feel like I've said some controversial things. Let him race. <laughs> have a good go around the prison track. <sighs> is he in prison or is he under... Nowadays, I imagine he's the one firing the starting pistol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no? I'm not even going to... I know we like to be controversial here. At no point do we advocate what he did. No. Even if Cleese's joke was quite smart and witty for him. Rude. It's not rude, it's just accurate. Sometimes you're a bit of a tosspot. With the razor-sharp wit like that, I'm an inspiration to millions. <laughs> not as much as you inspire me, of course. <laughs> The only inspiration you're ever going to be is if you release your own fragments called Inspiration from Cleves. Mm. Available on the Seesaw website now. I wouldn't buy it if I were you. It's not as inspiring as they first said it was. <laughs> so, conclusion. Conclusion is, the system's broke, no one wants to fix it. They're doing the best that they can with the things that they have. And I don't really know. I think maybe you, they should have more categories. Maybe that's the fix. Maybe. I'd love to get a I know a couple of Paralympians um, and international sports people. And it might be nice to get them on to get their ideas on this as well. Try and one-up Panorama of our sick, yeah, our sick connections. I mean, they won't be that sick. If they're that sick, they should be in a different classification. Paulie Wars of Fury. Nice. Paralympian or disabled maverick. I don't know. Shall I end it there? Yeah. So, signing off from the Dizzying heights of Cecil Towers. I've been T. That's been Cleves. And it's been real fucking warm up here. It's been real fucking warm. And more trains than there should be. Also, there's some cockbag playing football outside. Like, there's some sort of football competition going on and everyone wants to emulate it. I went this entire podcast about referencing the Euros because I don't like football. And then you blew it at the end. I would blow it at the end. It's better than blowing it at the start. That leaves everyone disappointed. Well, not you. No, true, as long as I'm doing that sort of thing. It's just a shame. And on that, let's leave. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.